Yeah. You know, I, I, I watch these, uh, these kinds of things and I listen to these podcasts and it, it kind of makes me wonder what is real sometimes. Does it with you? Do you ever have kind of like slippage a little bit? Yeah, I do. And this, this is kind of like, this kind of thing is like really right up my alley. Is it? I think. Podcast. Listening to like... You ra- like the story... Radio dramas. Yeah. You know, because that's what I grew up on. That's what you know. Yeah. There's some really good stuff out there. I have so many recommendations for you now that I know you're into this. There's some good stuff. Not the stuff that I've sent to you before. I think actually when you want to talk about where you take a podcast and then, you know, Amazon's picking these up. It seems like they're doing a lot of this. Uh, lore for me, and now this is going to sound crazy because the visuals are pretty stunning on the TV show. I feel like it works better as a podcast. See, that's the one I want to listen to next. It is the one where, I mean, I appreciate what they're doing. I mean, they're very chilling or whatever, but I don't know that the medium, you had to have a Sam Ismail to interpret Homecoming. Yeah. Because here's what I want to say. Let me just back up about Homecoming. Why it works is as a, as a podcast, it's stellar. You know, Catherine Keener, David Schwimmer, uh, David Cross, Amy Sedaris, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. You know, um, I like that the quality is gritty, that we're on the phone. It sounds like phone calls. I'm totally into it. It's like the found audio. It's like the magic of radio. Remember back in the day, the magic of radio? Yeah, I worked in radio. Yeah, it's like they podcasts are, are... you know, it's a, it's great that they're doing this. Now. We worked on storytelling like that. I yeah. mean, like when I would, I would write commercials to create an atmosphere to, that's where my whole love of sound is. That's why I've always been in love with audio. If you can't hear it for me, it doesn't matter. And you can do so many things with sound. So that's why I'm just a huge sound nerd, right? So when podcasts came around years and years and years ago, when there wasn't that many of them, I was like, what is this? And it was free, and I had it on my iPod Shuffle, and I listened to Nerdist and all this kind of stuff. And it was a lot of the old radio dramas that they had, like, stacked up and you could listen to. And I still love that stuff. Yeah. But how okay, – so you have the podcast. that it works on its own. It's wonderful. The two seasons of Homecoming are just fun. Don't, over, don't overtell yourself what it is. Just listen to it. It's just a good trip to go on, right? Then you get Sam Ismail to adapt it. Sam has a very specific style. Um, I appreciated his hand in this because now we're getting to see a, what Sam is, you know, people are like, this is not Mr. Robot. It's not intended to be Mr. Robot. Okay. That's, that's insane. Um, but he put his stamp on with it with Todd Campbell and is Maxwell doing the score? Yeah. I want to say maybe he isn't. I don't know. But just the way the music is handled, you know, there's music also on the Gimlet podcast. Yeah, definitely different. On the, right. The two are different. So, but, sure. but the thing with it is, is you can enjoy the, you don't have to see the podcast, the, the show to, to enjoy the podcast and vice versa. You can still, like we talked about Papillon and other things, you can enjoy both. Yeah, and, and they appreciate bo- them for what they are. Because what they, what they did, and I'm not saying Laura shit on TV. I'm not saying that, guys. I'm just saying that this adaptation is what I kind of feel like needs to happen with podcasts. You can't do a literal translation, I don't think. I mean, I think it's helped by doing the manipulation that they did. He kind of, you know, strays from the source material, and I, I think it, he strays from it in a lovely way. Yeah, you know, like the, there, there's certain things that 
Again, again, I felt, I felt, you know, like just like when you take anything from an original idea and adapt it to a different medium. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, that's what it is—an adaption. You have to make some changes. There's room for for both. Like I, I can enjoy all the Harry yeah. Potter books and watch the movies and appreciate them in their own stead. And uh, I know there's a lot of there's just this huge vicious divide in the Game of Thrones fandom. I love uh, I love reading the books and getting all the details and knowing that this character's alive and they've been murderized on the TV show and they're going to live on forever and maybe George is waiting for that whole story to get wrapped up so then he's now not fettered with appearances and being distracted by, which I'm sure he is distracted by. And then he can continue on his story for as long as he wants to. I can enjoy both. Yeah. Do you know what's funny? Is I didn't have the... Um... I didn't have that that issue with the Game of Thrones where you had... Man, you had read out like four of them. Yeah, you had one and then you saw the other. I thought they were... They were both very in their own standalone. I had a little bit of issue like with this one, with pot, with uh, Homecoming. You were struggling a little bit. I felt a little bit, but when I finished, when I finally finished the TV series, the Amazon series, I was able to, to pull the two apart and appreciate them... And and to and you know what Sam did to get to the point where he got to, I struggled though, because I love Catherine Keener so much. And full yeah. disclosure, I'm not a huge fan of Julia Roberts. Um, I'm kind of known amongst a, a small circle of friends for um, not liking Horseface and have always thinking that she's just overrated garbage. Um, and in this, I. I was I I didn't mind her. I thought she was actually quite good. Once I got around the fact that it's her, and I had to like stick something in my mouth and bite down on it, and then you know I also, but what they did in the show, who who plays um, Cruz's character, Stefan James, who plays Walter in the series, I loved him. I also loved Oscar Isaac as Walter Cruz, but yeah. I love Stefan James. It, it might be Stephen James, but I. Or Stefan. It could be Stefan, too. Um, now, when we get to Bobby, Bobby Cannavale and Schwimmer as that Colin was... Belfast, this is where I'm going to say, and I love me some Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, yeah. I love this man. Yeah. I've loved him as Jip. I love him as, what's the who's it's on? Mr. Robot. Love him. Is he, what is he? What's his name on Mr. Robot? Irving? Irving. I love him. But I prefer yeah. Schwimmer. Yeah. And I think Schwimmer would have been just fine on screen. I think he's, if you've ever seen Band of Brothers, because, you know, we all know him as Ross on Friends. It wasn't until he showed up in Band of Brothers and just played this Captain fucking. Captain Sobel. Oh, Captain Sobel. When you see him as this like this just incompetent, arrogant shithead CO in Band of Brothers, you're like, oh, my God, David Schwimmer has chops. He has a range. I didn't know that about him until I saw him in that. And then you hear him in this. Again, he's a bad, this is a bad guy, a villainous sort of character, a manipulator. Yeah. I preferred that. I like the the Schwimmer con man opposed to the Cannavale strong man. Which is an obvious choice because Cannavale plays a lot of bad guys. Yeah. But I think think that character itself – you know, changing the the dynamic of that character, I kind of got bummed out because I I really wanted you know that character to be um, Belfast to be the con man because that's what yeah. ultimately he was. He was a con man. He ultimately. wasn't a gangster or a strong man. No. And when you said like he's described as nerdy by the person, I don't think there's any scientific nerd anything about this guy. He's just a sales guy for me, and he's a social climber. 
And and look, Cannavale does that very, very well. I'm not saying he... T- Here's the thing. Cannavale was awesome as Colin Belfast. Yeah. But now that you... When you've heard Schwimmer, it's hard to unknow that. That's yeah, what I'm y- saying. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and to go back, go back, you know, like I'm not a big fan of, of Roberts either. I think she's, she's just... Yeah, sorry guys. She's just... She's, she's a big actor and... Yeah. and but I think I never think, cared for her. Long, I, long time hate. Long I, time hate. I think I think Ismail did a great job in directing. I think he did too, you know, and I think I you know. I want to give him the props for that. What I and he made me. Here's how how good Sam Ismail is. Is he made me actually enjoy Julia Roberts. Yeah, well said. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I think she saying nothing. She's a mouth of warm piss. Normally can't act and wear it and just don't won't get off the fucking chair. Get on get off her bony narrow ass. Now he's making her go to work. And she was exhausted, and she appreciated it. And she's married to a DP. She's going home talking about frame ratios. And he's all excited because of the way that we, we squeeze in for uh, where there's all that information that's erased from the frame, yeah. which is representing her, being, her memory being compromised, the memory of the moment being compromised. I'm like, you fucking genius. I love this kind of shit. That's the nerd in me. It's just like, what the hell? And I think in the end, she really appreciated where she was. And Sam also wasn't going to let her diva out. You don't get to diva on his set. You don't get to sit that much. You show up and you work and you hustle. And I don't think he gives a shit. See, that's a man who knows how to run his set. And he's not mean about it. He's just like, we're all, we all have a job. We all are soldiers. Yeah. We all have our craftsmen. And you are an important part of this, but no one's going to butter your ass on this yeah. set. Now, I don't think they clash. I mean, there was... There was like released photos that they like maybe they were yelling. I don't know. Maybe they were having a passionate discussion as people tend to do with Sam, specifically Rami. They like to yell at each other on set. But I feel like she came away from this appreciating what it is. And for her to like to learn hustle like this, I'm not saying she's never hustled, y'all. I'm just saying it feels like she doesn't. Anyway, so to see her like feeling it and being energetic and falling for Sam, the mad scientist of Sam. Now I'm like, I can almost see myself liking her. And that, that is a, um, when you were mentioning that, the aspect ratio, what they did, that oh, device. Dang. You know, that was, I mean, that's something you can only get in, in something visual. And I thought they used it. Yeah. It was just, because when I was, when I first saw it, I was, I, I was, I missed uh, uh, interpreted that for something else, meaning something else. And then when it finally came to, when I finally understood what it was, and it was before the reveal, right? But when I finally understood, I was like, "Oh, snaps! Yeah, that is so cool." And then when every time I watched every frame of the the smaller um, shrunken down aspect ratio, I think that's the way to say it. I'm not. I don't know the technical. I don't, yeah, I don't either. But I'm not, I'm you know, not. I would I would analyze each 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 scene with that, right? And see how does it play in. Does, are they matching their lore? This are, compromise. Are they staying within, mm-hmm. even if it's a different character? Yeah. Because they had different characters shrunken down, and they weren't under the influence of the drug. Right. So I was like, but again, it was, it was you past, didn't know. Yeah, yeah, it was representing the no. past. It was representing, like, maybe we don't have the full picture, the full information, blah, blah, blah. I loved it. Yeah. And, oh. and, and I, I think both of them require patience. I think if you're listening, when I started listening to it and I was like walking, they're t- thank God they were only 24 minutes because I have like, sometimes I'll just cut something off and be like, nope. You know, I'll, I'll lit- I listened and watch a lot of things and I was walking the dog. I was like, it was just 24 minutes. I'm like, well, it was kind of a page turner. 
So I went back. Okay, I'll listen to the second one. It was like by old the time school I radio. Was in the second one, I was like, oh, this is going to require you got to wait for it. Okay. Yeah. Same thing with the visual one. It was like old school radio where yeah. you had half an hour showing, you know. You had you looked like you had a thought. You said you were going to. Oh, just say uh, Shay uh, Wiggingham uh, in in the Shay uh, Wiggum, yeah, yeah, Wiggum. Uh, he was a character. I really liked his character. I, I thought him. they did. I thought in the same way that I didn't like, not not like, but I was disappointed with Cannavale's character. I was enthralled with the the detective. Yeah, I, I liked thought him. they really brought that out. I don't remember him from the podcast. No, it was like it was like this. He's just doing this investigation, and then all of a sudden, we have this uh, this scene where he confronts um, Heidi, and then Heidi's like, "What you thought this? We thought we were friends. We had a rapport." And it was very quick. It was very awkward. Yeah. But in the in in the Amazon series, that the way they worked that. Develop yeah. that character. He I gave Shay was, more weight, yeah. gave him more importance. But again, because you have to do that. Again, you can do a lot of things over here in the audio world that you you really they don't really directly translate. Yeah. And I'm not. These are generic terms. I mean, I think it totally depends on the story. It totally depends on what you're trying to do. But I enjoyed both of them a hell of a lot. Yeah. I really did. Um, totally unexpected. So surreal. Yeah. I just love what TV has become. And also, as a person who's had to defend my love for podcasts, it's like, oh, you're an old motherfucker. You like podcasts. And I'm like, no, I just like to not have to read a book or, or tire my eyes out or I get on the treadmill or I walk the dog. Or sometimes, you know, uh, back when I smoked, I would just sit in the backyard and just listen to podcasts and just like chill. And now I'm finding like, okay, I need to... I need to do just more of that. I think I th- should take the dog on more walks. So I can hear more podcasts. I still, I still think if I if I have a, an opportunity to ever, if I'm ever able to just listen to something, I think I'm not going to say it's my my medium of choice, but I will never turn that down because, especially a drama, yeah, a good drama, yeah, you know, because it it that's that's the. That's when my mind gets to to be sort of creative. I don't know. Like we need to probably update our sound system in the in the kitchen. Like when you're in the cooking and you're you're rattling around, you like you listen to sports a lot. You'll listen yeah. to like a lot of ESPN. You're not really watching. Occasionally you'll look oh, over yeah. the screen or you'll watch your MSNBC or whatever. Yeah. What I had to say is if you can like get your phone and your headphones in the right position. There's something kind of it's very zen. I do a lot of housework with podcasts in. And I feel like I'm just more thoroughly cleaning. I just like I'll sweep a little extra little bit because I've got another 20 minutes in the podcast. I might as well go around the corner and get more of that. Yeah, There's something to that, too. Like I just like to sweep and put on a podcast. And I'm kind of late. I'm kind of late to the game. It's like I think a podcast. I think of like, you know, the Rachel Maddow show or, you know, Pod Save America. America. I'm thinking these like uh, – non-fiction you know news things which can be very weary for the ear sometimes and and then you know we have um you know like like books on tape where it's you know it's something a little different this they take the two worlds they take podcasts and they the, the podcast world well it's essentially what it is it's just a live action drama it is you know on 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 radio or you know audio and there's just something for everyone i'm just trying, i'm gonna look at my library for a minute what do i i mean i love armchair expert but that's more like interview style i love dax shepherd i think he's reinvented it a little bit i love what he brings to it he knows everybody um he's a lovely self-effacing dude and it's almost like you have 
I mean, you can jump around in the podcast, but I would really encourage you to listen to episode one when he interviews Kristen Bell. I feel like I'm on a journey with Dax and his episodes are like an hour and a half long. And then what I love about that show is that at the end, Monica, his producer, uh, does corrections. We're currently listening to Bagman with Rachel Maddow. I don't know if uh, Chris Harvick is going to return to ID10T, but I loved it. It was formerly Nerdist. I hope that he does because I I love Chris's interview style. I learned a lot about um, podcasting from listening to Nerdist and Chris. And he does a good job with his after shows too. I think he does too. I know there's a lot of hate out there for Chris, but I love Chris. I do. Uh, I'm not taking any sides either. I don't have to. I I just, I think Chris is really good at what he does. I love him on panels too. There's a show that I think that you would like, um, or you should try. Just do it. They're short. Uh, It's called Criminal. I I have that on my list. She has a strange, um, the host has a Phoebe something. She has a strange voice, but the stories are like real life I used I always say I don't like reality and I don't like true crime yet. <laughs> I end up listening to a lot of true crime and uh watch uh, more reality shows than I care to uh, admit. But Criminal is one of those that's told in that in that lore kind of way. Um I can take I can take this one sort of halfway at the time. I don't know why, but Modern Love is kind of storytelling. It sort of tells tales of um, people's relationships. I kind of like that one. And it's, it's storytelling. I don't think anyone can touch this American life. I think they just know what they're doing. I, yeah. And I like that they mix it up. Ira and the crew, they have done some pretty incredible stuff. I've heard good things about a podcast called Sandra. It's supposed to be a linear storytelling. This is Kristen Wiig and Elijah. Yeah, that's another, that's another glimmerlet. Yeah, it's another Gimlet, yeah. yeah. Gimlet's like knocking it out of the park. Um, there's also Strangers, and there's Strange. Strange is one that's really weird. Um, and then, you know, if you just want to jump over and hear, like, history done as comedy, uh, The Dollop, for sure. But yeah, there's, like, Splendid Table. If you just want to... The Splendid Table, for me, is, like, uh, Chef's Table for the Ears. Um... And then if you just want to go into Dadaism, there's Welcome to Night Vale. That one is the most bizarre. I have to be in the right mood. But there's others. Like We can go on and on. Like, you guys, if you're listening, um, let us know what your favorite, like, like again, stories. I haven't really done a good, um, good job of... Well, in listening to recommending this one, to you I, guys, you I know. want to listen to you know the horror of Dolores Roach. Yes, I'm hearing a lot about that you one. Know, yeah, like, again, the the radio drama. I, I yeah, like I said, I'm a little late to the game, but I want to do a, a, a it's kind of the best way to, to be radio drama podcast. You're getting all the seasons. You're getting all the. I mean, I think it's also. It's, I think it's kind of cool to be late to the party that you were with pop culture because you didn't have to sit there and watch a bunch of the shit. A lot of us had to like sort through to get to the good stuff. You know, those are experiences in and of itself. But I think there's no shame in the game of like coming late and being able to cherry pick the most, the yeah. best morsels off the tree. Like, you know, like, uh, like one of my favorite podcast, uh, not podcasts, but radio dramas growing up was um, Nightbeat. Nightbeat was great, man. Know, with Frank Lovejoy and the Chicago Star. Oh, hell yeah. Love that. 
I think they might be still around. I think these, these things are archived. They're, they're, they're out on archive.org. And, and the sound was so good. Like They put so much work into the sound. Like They treated sound like gods. They didn't like, stand on the other side of the room and try to tell you what's through. You know, like they just, they weren't, uh, they weren't, I think I unplugged my um, headphones. My God, genius. So, yeah, I, the, the work that went into these things is, um, is insane. I mean, I just think, like, there was like an orchestra and people stood around the microphones and, you know, the, that's because before we had TV, radio was king and yeah. those guys were, you know, it was a full on production. We always talk about this too. We talk about you and I talk about sound a lot because it's your job. Well, that was that was the the really cool thing that they did with um, with Homecoming, and they did it on the the same way on the the series is where they would start a scene of the two characters on the phone, and then what they would do is they would jump to one perspective, and it went from sounding like you were on having a phone conversation to live. Yeah, it was great watching that, and then it would, it would go back. So that was that was really cool what they did there. It's interesting because when I when I was coming up back a thousand years ago, I loved radio. I worked in radio. I had radio shows. I hosted radio shows. I had morning shift. I had late night shifts. I did country music. I did MOR. Um, I did beautiful music. Um, that was my whole. That was my first real job. I didn't want to work at the steak place. I didn't want to work at the local factory, the hosiery mill, or Goodyear. So I. I got into radio. I think I made, I don't know, two seventy five an hour. I was also underage. Um, I started working when I was fifteen, and that's where I came up. And I I wanted to recreate what I heard, and so I spent a lot of time in the booth after hours. I, my shift would be because you know they threw shifts at me that were crazy, like ten, twelve, thirteen hour shifts. I covered all the stuff for people who are out of town or drunk or having affairs. Pretty seedy world. Um, Hometown, small town radio. Uh, but I loved it. And and I would sit there, and that's also where I learned how to smoke. And I would sit there in that booth, you know, after hours and just cut reel-to-reel tape. And I knew how to splice and the whole thing. And I would just, I would record stories and put in sound effects and add music. And I appreciate what goes into it. And there's something in me that I feel like is coming back alive where I, I don't know what it is yet. But it just seems like with my background and what you do for a living that we're kind of made for doing a storytelling podcast. I think um, often in that too far off future, I feel like it's something that I want to explore. Well, do you know what I thought of when I was listening to this? And um, it was that one project we did of the Russian fairy tales. That's right. And. And it didn't have to have. I mean, putting in putting in the the the, the slideshow. I think we should take a look at that because it is actually really fucking good. I think we should just put it by, uh, put it up on this podcast. It's, yeah, it's really good. Our friend Chris Sheets um, did the art. By the way, we didn't know that he was just this uh, amazing artist. He, we knew him as an actor. We knew him as an improviser. Uh, we knew him as a guy who had a, a gig at, at the VA, like a long time gig at the VA, which he eventually, you know, it was what a leap. That guy gave up <laughs> that long term, well paying gig at the VA to pursue his art. And I see his stuff on Instagram and he blows me away. Someone needs to pick him up and hire him because what he's been doing during this regime is amazing. So we didn't realize that not only is he hilariously funny 
and he's doing this Russian fairy tale with Sarah Anderson and uh, I think Jane Entwistle and a couple of other actor friends. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so fucking talented. And uh, uh, Talon Beeson and all these people that are just like, Talon's like a, he teaches yeah. uh, voiceover uh, in, I don't know, is he Indiana? I think he moved to Indiana. Yeah, yeah. and like he's, he's a professor there, and he's, he's amazing. So we just happened to know these people, and we did the Russian fairy tales, because there was all these fucked up fairy tales um, that Chris knew about. And um, I wrote the script, and they voiced it, and you engineered it. We need to put that, we just need to pop that, pop that up. It's, I mean, it, the fact that, I mean, it doesn't always have to be like, have a visual. That involved. No, well, well yeah. a visual side to it, because, but actually, all the way around. Yeah. The from the recording to the visual part and the way we, we put it together, it's fucking good. I it's think really it is too. Good. So that's what I'm saying. Like that kind of made and and again, I think we know it's so much more now than we did then. And again, I what probably I need to bring to the table is I used to do my own editing. You know, now technology is in a way that it's almost so simple for me that I've, I'm like, where I don't I don't have a razor blade in my hand. What's happening? It's almost too. It's like my mom trying to learn computers because she knew Cobalt and Fortran. So she needed a punch card and, she, card and she needed to go into a room and do her thing. So when I just sat, you know, an old, it was like, what was this? Back in the day, 1994, I set this Mac quad in front of her and she was like, well, how's this going to work? You know, there was the room where the mainframe is. So I feel like for me, it's just sort of reorganizing my brain to understand like, the technology, and then you know, not, so you don't have to take on such the lion share. Well, I mean, if we ever get into that, you know, I'm, I'll definitely reinvest in a Pro Tools rig. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah. I, I want to do that. I really want, and that's because I was, I listen to these podcasts and I see how enthusiastic you are about them, and I'm like, yeah, I'd like to do that. Get onto that that drama side of having. I mm-hmm. mean, that is, and then coming just coming up with a story. Sure. Scripted story. I mean, I'm a writer for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's like, wouldn't that be fun? And I can collaborate with other writers who want to tell stories and we could just kick some things around. Just do it like a, a drama. Yeah. And like build it up over time and yeah. put it out there. Yeah, I'm glad we had this talk. Uh, going back to Homecoming, which is why we're here. I'm excited. What we just talked yeah. about. Okay. Um, I, I just appreciated both yeah. of what they were. Yeah. And, you know, visually, Sam, I love this about Sam. Not only was it just the, the squished in aspect ratio. I don't know what that is. It's a 29.4. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know that egg-headed stuff. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not <laughs> a camera a, guy. I'm not I don't a know scientist. that stuff. I should, um, but I don't. Yeah, I, you, you, we, we probably should. We probably should. We probably should have done these things. Uh, we will go and learn so you guys can school us. But I, I, I loved that they embedded like images of pineapples in every scene. I love how they built this two-story homecoming facility so they could move the camera all over the place because Todd Campbell, this amazing DP, knows how to like just work the room. And now he has a second hand uh, with Sam from doing Robot for three seasons and counting. And then, you know, the the birds and the fish representing things. All of the... Did you know, and I didn't know this, there is, there's a million little things to, you can look these stuff up on, on the internet, of course. But I, the one thing I read today that I thought was interesting, because I don't do Easter egg shows. I mean, like, that's, that's somebody else's work. We should go look at their work. But there is a picture of Sam as a sea captain inside um, the name of whatever. What's the restaurant? In, where the, they? The, in the diner? Yeah. Oh, really? And there's a picture of him as a sea captain in oh, there okay. somewhere. 
And of course, we see familiar faces. We know Frankie Shaw from Mr. Robot, and now she has her own show, A Smell, going into what, season two, season three? Two or three. I'm two or really three on sure. Showtime. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, so there's there's all these, these you know, Cannavale actually went up and asked for the gig of um, Robot, you know, of, uh, of uh, Ismail, like when he was on Robot. He goes, hey. I loved how he described it. He goes, he said, like you, I'm late to the party, and so I discovered podcasts, and I feel like I just discovered podcasts of all time, you know? And he goes in and he goes to Sam, hey, you know, there's this, there's this podcast called Homecoming. It's amazing. Have you heard it? And Sam goes, yeah, I'm producing it. I'm <laughs> directing it. Sam is like, what? He goes, yeah, I'm writing, producing. He didn't write, but he, I'm going to direct and produce this. And he's like, oh, shit, I want to play this guy. And he kind of, he said, I don't normally do this, but I lobbied to play Colin Belfast. And that's how he got the gig. I mean, you know, he didn't sleep on that. No, I mean, if they, you know, if they, they casted him as Colin Belfast, you know, and that was the adapted story, it was perfect for Cannavale. It really he, was. He was that guy. He is that guy. Yeah. He, he, can, he can emote that guy. There's all kinds of little call outs and things like that. Like there's just, just, it's like haunting of Hill house. You can watch it two or three times and pick up some little gems because that's what, I mean, literally I've watched Mr. Robot season one. I want to say at least five times. I've seen season two, two and a half times, maybe three. I've only seen season three twice, but the goal is before um, season four comes back. I'm going to do, we should just do, well, we talked about doing it around Christmas, just doing a haul in and just doing all of Mr. Robot. Well, one thing that they did a lot with this one that they did on Robot was that, that overhead tracking shot. They love that shot. They love that shot. You know? and, that, and, if you, and you, again, if you want to do the full, because my point was you have to watch Ismail's stuff a couple of times because he just leaves junk all hidden yeah. and stuff. Um, we should watch Comet. We That's should watch right. his uh, film Comet, uh, where he met Emmy, his uh, his lady, his wife, his uh, partner, if you will. They're going to be doing stuff together, just like him and Rami. So I'm excited for all that. Any anything Ismail wants to do, I'll I'll show up for. Um, and I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but you know, here's the thing: don't watch it. Oh, there's lots of shit to watch. Pin bugs, you don't watch it. Um, just don't get on Twitter and I have to go around you, scroll past your bullshit. So it's like it's like my dislike of uh, Julia Roberts. For yeah. years, um, all of my friends, when, I, when we all worked at the same TV station, because I went from radio to local TV, then to CNN, then to Cartoon Network, and then became freelance for a bazillion years, just as a writer, mostly, producer, blah, blah, blah. But up until like a large chunk of time when I was around the guys who were in local TV back in uh, Alabama, I got notoriously trolled in real life by these guys over my hatred of Julia. And they still, to this day, when I posted up on our, our Facebook page, I said, hey, Sam Smell even made me like Julia Roberts. Those guys just sort of swung in to roast me because they know they would like call me up when she was nominated for something before the Internet and just call me up and go, hey. Did you hear? Julia Roberts got nominated for this movie. We're uh, we're gonna throw a, an Oscar party, which have to come over, and then they would just sit there the entire night and just cheer for Julia Roberts. Uh, those are my friends, and I still love those guys because um, gave me no uh, less a pound of shit a minute for uh, my dislike of the woman. But um, like I said, I might be cured. I, I mean, if she continues to work with guys like Sam Ismail. 
Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I think you know people, even even established actors, because because the the world is changing. Yeah, you got to get on board. And you know the 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 landscape of who's making stuff is changing. Yep. You gotta you gotta you gotta hook up with somebody who is who's moving it forward and get on that team. It's yeah. not you know it's not just crew people who need to get on a team. You know, up and down the, that call sheet, everyone needs to get on a team. And then there's these older actress, actresses and actors who just who, who get it. You know, Betty Buckley jumps on the set of Seth Rogen and, and Goldberg's Preacher, and she just fucking lives and owns it and yeah. just rolls with it. And it's just like, yes, this is like a fucking legend. And she goes on Preacher, and she was probably my favorite thing that's happened on Preacher I in a long so. time. I mean, I, I love the show, but like her... Her and the two Bubbas uh, were amazing, but like she specifically like owned Grandma, and we've talked about how amazing she is. But she gets it, like she, she she and she's also hip as shit. I don't know if you follow her on social media, but my girl, like she knows how to repost and she knows more shit about social media than I will ever learn because I am hopeless at it. I, I don't know, but like there's the people who get it and who are waiting for their time to jump back in and go. I get these kids who are coming up. And then there's the ones that are getting left behind, like, where's my trailer? Where's my Hoffenfeffer? Who's going to, you know, feather my ass while I wait for this scene and yawn? Because it seems like the new actors are, they're out on set. They know what the lenses are. They know what the, yeah. they know where the boom mic is. They, they know shit about where they are. And they're not just sitting there eating bonbons because the set is moving quick now. Yeah. No one's got time to s- for that for that old shit. No, ain't nobody got no time for you throwing head fa- headphones and not showing up for sets. You know, like for work. Nobody got no time for you. You were getting away with it for a long time, and then you got your ass fired. Because yeah. mm. everyone, you know, everyone's got to hustle. You Everybody's got to hustle. hustle now. I mean, because there's a lot of content. Yeah. I mean, Netflix is writing content. Amazon is writing content. Hulu's got a channel. Disney got a channel. Oh. Um. You got the guys I used to make fun of got channels. Like, I was like, who's watching Crackle? They turning out content, voodoo or voodoo or whatever the hell. Like, true crime and all this stuff. Like, these people are, it's competitive as shit out there. Hell, the History Channel's coming for you, you know? Not to mention Showtime, HBO, Cinemax. <laughs> History Channel's coming for you. You know, I mean, like, they're making Vikings, you know, they're coming yeah. hard. They're coming hard. So... You know, and Facebook, Scott, and then let's just talk about the unsung hero of the day. A lot of kids don't even, they can't afford, you know, millennials and Z, they ain't got no money for no $165, $185 cable package. They're watching YouTube. Yeah. They're watching RedTube. They're watching stuff that, is RedTube porn? I just get know. those confused. I don't know. I don't know my tubes. I watch the, I watch the YouTube. I watch the yoga. The YouTubes. I watch the things on the YouTube. No, I get I get YouTube. I don't want to pay somebody else another ten dollars a month. I'm already paying like seven dollars a month well, to see effects like commercial free. Red Red YouTube now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Red Tube is porn. I don't know. Well, but you I, probably have to pay for that too. But you always have to pay for porn one way or another. But it's like either with your soul in Jesus or in a subscription. But like, um, yeah, like I. I don't have time to get around all of it. My point being, you know, it's it's raining content. So you don't have, you can't sit there with your pinky up and be like, I don't read for roles, bitch. These kids don't know who you are. Better start reading. Mm-hmm. Show up for an audition. Put yourself on tape. Get that shit hustled. Get that, get that paper. You know, you got to pay taxes on that mansion. They don't, you yeah. know, you might own the mansion, you know, free and clear. Still got to pay property tax. And if you have a good accountant, he had you put your taxes aside for the next, you know, infinitum. 
Well, let's just say you didn't. Got that estate tax. And then maybe your house burnt down. Let's just talk about how um, bad the fires have been. We have just recently come through, um, and I think there's fires still burning as we speak uh, tonight as we record this. So we just want to think about and and send our hearts out of the people of like cities like Paradise who don't have the money to rebuild. And I'm not saying I'm laughing about or gleefully it, it anyone's horror. And I know maybe celebrities have millions of dollars to rebuild, but you still lost your shit. And for that, I am greatly sorry. I mean, like yeah. your stuff burnt down. You worked for that. Yeah. You hustled you know, for that. You hustled for that. And then you lost that. So everybody who lost, but specifically the people who didn't have a whole lot to begin with, still paying off a mortgage. And like the city of paradise is not on the map anymore. And all the, the people in between, um, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's evil and demonic to see this crap happen and you're just powerless to do anything. Um, I would push a charity, but I feel like I'm conflicted and confused about what people need. There's plenty of places to go online. Yeah. I mean, if you do your research and get online, you can find a charity to donate to. All I know is that, um, the dumpster fire is coming to California and, um, Better not fly over this state, bitch. I just, yeah, no, he's coming here. I'm just saying, you need to double down on some security, motherfucker. Um, yeah, we don't so want you here. Just saying, just, just, I don't know why, I did, but just because that's where we are in history right now. There's just thinking about those guys, um, the families, uh, the animals had to be evacuated, and how I did see. This is one thing I was heartened by. There was a lot of people who were from two different kinds of mindsets politically, like the the whole James Woods and Alyssa Milano. Uh, him trying to help her get her horses out. You know, the, a lot of people just suspended their bullshit for a minute and and helped each other. And I, I was very heartened by that. I do feel like we can we can uh, we can work together with each other in this country. Yeah, it's a great state of California. We can pull through. Yeah, and I think I also believe in this country. Even though I see a lot of evil shit going on, I still feel like you know we got it in us to. To weather this storm and to understand one another, I'm still holding out hope. I still don't just, I don't just look at people on a certain side and say y'all suck. I feel like there's there's some good in everybody. I really do. Um, going back to podcast though, um, I feel like with homecoming, I was kind of surprised that they would adapt this one. I know it was very popular, um, but I was surprised that it's just kind of blown up. Yeah. But on both sides, the podcast is getting like downloaded like hotcakes. And then this is kind of reestablishing Julia in the mindsets of introducing her to a I, new audience. And I wonder what establishing her. I wonder what how people are doing what the what the metrics are. Are they are they seeing it on Amazon and then going to the I have no idea. The podcast? I don't I have know. No idea. Yeah, it's weird. Because I know I know on the podcast they're pushing the Are they? Yeah. They're like I mean they I guess they got some investment yeah. in that right yeah. so it's it's interesting whatever way the the metrics are going i think people should just see both yeah enjoy both i mean they're, they're and see endless they're both uh that's fine they're both short yeah i mean oh, like you don't much. have to like you can like you can chomp through the podcast in a day you know if you're yeah. on a long trip i i listen to the whole podcast from Leaving Davis, and I finally finished it, if you're you're familiar with Southern California, when I got from the 405 South to the 10 interchange, that's when I ended the last episode. He was there for a gig. So the whole drive down, I was able to rail through 
all 12 episodes. And, and so when you listen to these things, like, you know, we used to listen to books on tape. You mentioned it earlier, books on tape. Um, I loved those. I mean, it made the trip longer because there's only so many radio stations. You don't know what station to grab and you're yeah. going through town and books on tape. Like I totally believe in them. Like they can just take a really, really boring ass dismal trip and make it like super fun. It's like, oh, we're going through the stockyards. But I remember those words of, you know, Sedaris. I used to listen to a lot of David Sedaris. He's awesome. Um, if you're going to listen to a book on tape, he's he's pretty good. He just will, you'll just cramp up. He's he's like always a go-to uh, for me. But now podcasts are just, I mean, we live in this amazing world where they're free. Because yep. an audio book, they'll snap off like $25, 30 $40 off of you. I mean, I get it. Somebody narrated it and whatever, but somebody's making your podcast too. And I'm like, the fact that I get This American Life for free, I do donate once a year. Uh, to a lot of my favorite podcasts, I try to like put my cash aside and give those do- guys what I can. So just the fact that you get this free content, I'm like, shit, America's a great country. I mean, I know we're in the ditch right now and things seem like they're pretty bleak, but I'm like, there's just some days where I'm like, damn. There's a lot of good entertainment to occupy your mind. And there's a lot of good people in the world. There's a lot of good stuff in the world. There's a lot of reasons to hang on and be here and and fellowship and, you know, and homecoming is one of those things. You know, and again, yeah. I guess you have to have a prime membership to watch it. Here's a question. Mm. I don't know this cause I do have a prime membership. Uh, all my precious coin is spent, uh, annually on, uh, this membership. The billion dollar giant. Fuck, don't even get me started on like Which what we learned Amazon. from San Minaj about Amazon. I was like, what just happened? Who fuck? They are the original gangsters, man. That's E Corp right there. The Sicilian family digital. Damn. Like, ran stores out of business, bookstores out of business, and then have the fucking ball sack to put a bookstore back where the old bookstores used to be. Gangster. They do so many. Anyway, I don't know where I was headed. So many good things in the world. But I guess my question is can you. I do this with a couple of series. Can you, if you don't have Amazon Prime, can you go on Amazon and like buy just those episodes? You probably can, just like you can do like, you probably can. You can probably, know, yeah. You, could. you know what I can't do? Because I don't want to get stars. I don't want to fuck with stars. There's nothing on stars I'm going to watch except for Outlander. And I'm just kind of sort of remotely interested in what's happening. Because I mean, I love those books. I love me some Diana. I love me some Sam and some Katrina. But I don't want to like, I don't want to pay them $15 for, for what? So I'm trying to like see if I can, I, maybe I have to wait till the season ends. Can I then just buy the season? Because I don't want your monthly bullshit. Or I'm, I'm bad at math. Should I just subscribe to it for it? But see, they're going to roll it out every week. So I got to wait 12 weeks. See? Mm-mm. Uh-uh. No. Yeah. Well, if you don't have Prime, you could probably buy it a la carte. I hope so. You know. You know how this thuggery is happening, you know, like. Well, they probably if they make you get Prime just to see something. But if you, I mean, if you get if you want to spend the money on Prime, you have access to a lot of stuff. What is that? One hundred and thirty-five dollars a year, one hundred and nineteen dollars a year. I, is that what it is? Something like that, yeah. It's over but ten dollars a, a month. They have a lot of shit on there. But again, like you know, you got to choose between: am I doing my Netflix? Am I doing my, you know, my YouTube? 
subscription? Am I doing my... Some people got Spotify accounts. Some people pay in yeah. iTunes money, you know, for their... Some people just love their music. They're going to pay for their monthly. Well, see, that's the thing now is like if you if you go and get your cable and you get it all in one, you're spending what, 130 or one roughly 180 for basic, depending on where you are. Oh, no. And, and, but I'm, in, I'm, I'm including... For basic? I'm including oh, internet, internet and oh, all that no, kind of shit. Copy that, yeah. So, I mean, the way it's going is like people want a la carte. But right now, if you go a la carte, it ends up being a lot more than just getting your thing all, you know, all in one. Well, there's some, just between the companies themselves pulling some thug shit and then just, you know, our current regime. They just got, they got to bring that, that price down, like, like, 10, like $12 for Netflix. You know, that should be like a $5 thing. That's never going to go down. It's, it's that's only going to go the yeah, opposite direction. Because, you know, I, my yeah. cousin my cousin was like, you don't want to watch commercials with Hulu, man. It's like, it's crack. Once you go eleven ninety nine for Hulu with no commercials, please sponsor us. Um, you can't go back. Well, then, then cable is not going to go anywhere. I don't think cable is going to go anywhere either. You know, and they'll pro- what they'll probably do is they'll, they'll modify the way that they give you things and... Well, until I'll try I, to be competitive. Until I become a Luddite and I paint and I, I, I have bees and I go off the grid, I am, this is like, this is my crack. Like, giving up cigarettes kind of has been like not a thing. I don't miss it. I've gotten fat as shit, but like, I don't miss it. What, if somebody said you need to go like, Get rid of all of your, like, I can't just sit down and watch the movies that I want and the stuff that I want when I want it. Kind of losing my mind a little bit. Yeah, you need your, you need your cable and you need your Netflix and your Amazon. Gotta Hulu, see my, Gotta I see mean, my stories. No, Hulu, I'm like, I thought, I can get rid of it. Oh, Hulu, like, they saw where they were. They thought, oh, everybody's just coming to us for TV land and some old boo shit. And then they started, like, doing originals, you know, Handmaid's Tale, la, la, la. Oh, that's on right. On Castle, and the Castle Rock. I mean, I, I'm, it's, I'm blanking. That's There's a right. lot of original Cast content. Too. And then, Damn, like, that was good. you can pop in and see, you know. But, I mean, we're probably not doing this smart. We probably just need to sit down and, like, figure out, like. I think I think we're doing it the best we could possibly do it. Yeah. To get what we want, you know. Which is all the stuff. And in our, in our area, you're, you're paying an extra tax. What else? A luxury just, tax. Especially well. here. We just probably have to stop doing the podcast. That would be the first. Admitting you have a problem and stop doing the podcast. That's the first uh, step in like collateral damage as that goes. That's it. That'd be it. Just stop doing the podcast. So you, you, do, you wouldn't talk about homecoming. You wouldn't be talking about a podcast on your podcast. You'd have to put your shit up on Twitter. Lord, save me from Twitter. I just can't. I appreciate Twitter. I just, I can only spend like maybe 20 minutes on it. People just show their ass on that thing yeah. so many times. I just can't. Everybody's trying to outdo each other. And all that, all that shit is just like just dangerous too. Yeah, it's like people get drunk and get on there and say stuff. Just or just make like, up shit and put it up there. That's, that's what the that's what the ass face does. Yeah, that's true. I'm just talking about people who like just they just fuck up and then they have to just like they fuck up and then they had to just completely apologize for it for weeks. Army Hammer, did you see what happened? So Stan Lee dies. By the way, rest in peace, uh, Mr. Lee. Ninety four years old. You will be missed forever. What a legend. And a lot of people were posting up, like super famous people were posting up selfies with Stan Lee because he's worked with fucking everybody. Robert Downey Jr., you know, just name it. Just anybody who's ever been in a Marvel film. Yeah. All the hymns were everybody, you know. And so Army Hammer, who 
I mean, I love Army. I think he he's a good-hearted dude. He seems like a genuinely good guy. I don't know if he was drunk or feeling himself or thought he was bigger than he actually was, but bitch went on Twitter and said, you know, you guys are taking all these selfies with Stan Lee. You're making it about yourself. So Jeffrey Dean Morgan goes on Twitter and says, you don't need, you don't get to tell people how to mourn and then called him an asshat. So then Army had to go on today. He deleted the tweet. That's what happened. And then he's like, in true form, as an asshat, because he owned The Burn by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He said, thank you, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I need to look at my impulse control and blah, blah, blah. I just think, why do you need to say it at all? You're a movie star with a publicist. This is where I would like filter everything through a public this is what the, and here's the service i want to offer and i will charge for it if you're a celebrity who wants to be my homie i will keep your secrets in a locked box i will be your roddy mcdowell look that up he was the priest of hollywood he knew everybody's shit didn't say nothing about nobody just for a fee you know just text me the thing you're about to to tweet on twitter and i will go do we really need to do this we might have to have a phone conversation or FaceTime. I'll charge you. I mean, we'll, based on your income and how well you're doing or not doing, we will talk about, you know, let's say you're Roseanne. It's 2.30 in the morning. You think this, this, this Planet of the Apes tweet might go over big. Text me for a fee, and I will go, no, homie, don't do that. Because apparently nobody in your life around you as a big movie star is going, the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, should I put up this thing where I'm dressed as a priest? And, don't get me started. So, like, yeah, somebody should no. be in your life going, do you know what I'm saying? So, I'm just not, I'm not into, just backing up to your, you could put your content on Twitter. I feel like that's a place that's just, it's just this on fire, molten lava pit of, I can take it or leave it. I kind of look at like people's stories and I follow certain things, but it's just a cesspool a lot of times. Yeah, it is. Twitter's like that. You know, it's like that comment section of YouTube. It's like woke Tumblr. It's like, no, thank you. I don't, I just, and just making something out of nothing. And again, what possessed Army to say something so tone deaf? I don't know, but should he be strung up and drugged behind the digital car that is Twitter? No, no, he should not. Y'all calm your tits. It's fine. He doesn't, he's a good dude. I don't even know him, but he doesn't look like he's, he's an ax murderer. He just said something stupid. We all do it. Fuck. If my life was on Twitter, I could never be famous. I could just never be. I would, first of all, the, the thought of it is just why? No, no, thank you. You know, I can't be fat as I want to be. I can't, you know, just everybody's judging your ass 24. <laughs> no, I don't want to eat that many salads. I don't want to work out that much. People up in your business. And then like you'll breathe the wrong way, turn your head the wrong way. And then next thing you know, it's like you're strung up, you know, or in some cases you get away with murder. And, yeah. They finally throw you in jail. Um, as usual, I got in a tangent shuttle and just headed for the stratosphere. Pew! Any any other thoughts about homecoming? 
I didn't, I have to be honest, I, I should have done a little bit more research, these are famous last words of this podcast, about how it was made, but I, f- I feel like our kind of show is about what we feel about it, rather yeah, than recounting a, what Collider yeah. thought about it or whatever. If you're, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Homecoming or haven't downloaded the podcast. The podcast is free. Yeah. So if you don't have Prime... Listen to the podcast. I mean, you can get it, like what they say, wherever you get your podcast. And I think that, um, let's just say all you could get, because you're on a budget, is just the podcast. I feel like you have a really good sense of what they did on television. I know that's going to be very controversial, but I feel like you get a very good sense of what the story is. Yeah. Yeah, you'll understand what the story is. And the podcast is really good. It's not like you're missing out. It's a really good really good so i mean if you have if you have a job where you you could put in your headphones and and work it's great it's you know you'll go through a day really quick yeah bus driver you know air traffic controller wait maybe not that so um cop you know um i know you're out there to protect and serve but some of you need to listen to podcasts and not be so gender happy um so i loved it i mean i loved both and you should, uh, yeah, you should, you should give them a shot. Yeah. Depending on your, again, I'm always just building this into like you push prime shows at people, you have to pay for that. So. Yeah. Well, you get the podcast. Get the podcast. Or if you know someone else who has prime, go hang out, bring on, bring some dinner and watch it. Speaking of the podcast, we don't have Andre, uh, Andre, Andre. We don't have Andre with us. He would like murderize me if I started calling him Andre. <laughs> That's my redneck name for him. Andre. Um, Oh, but we miss him always every time he's not with us. Um, I'm going to do the part that normally he is so good at because he is, um, you know, he's a young, he's hip, he's in the know, he's, uh, he's Andre, he's Andre. Um, he uh, would say, if you want to check us out on the podcast, you're probably finding us on Stitcher or iTunes or maybe on Google Play or maybe on Spotify. Apple Podcasts. It's and, called Apple Podcasts. And Apple Podcasts, Word, um, you can also, if you just don't want to fuck with any of that and you want to tell a friend and maybe it's just been a pain in the ass to find us, we've tried to make ourselves available. Uh, just go to ashlandpodcast.com. I just re-upped the, the website, so I'm paying for that shit. Uh, go use it. I can see the hits from there. Thank you to everybody who always listens to us and finds us on social media. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. All is Ashland Podcast. Uh, not to be confused with Ashland Baptist Church. There are all fine people. Um, but I hope that we, we, if we are offending you, it is not our intention to offend people, but we are who we are, uh, and we love ourselves. So, uh, I hope you do too. Uh, you guys take care of yourselves this week and, uh, we will be back with, um, a couple of podcasts off in the distant future. We're going to be talking about American Horror Story Apocalypse and what a season that was. Watched the finale last night. I'm still shooketh. Um, and then Fantastic Beasts. We went round and round of would we go see it? Would we not go see it with the current controversy? But my thing is, I got to go. Um, I'm going to read the book before I burn it. I'm not just going to write something off that I haven't seen. So I'm going to try to do that either tomorrow or Saturday afternoon matinee so we can do a podcast with Andre. Not Andre. Andre. He is going to murder me when he listens to this. Murder house. Murder house. He'll be like, he'll be like me in the street going, go to hell. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Lies. <laughs> Lies. <laughs>
that's that's more the thing, right? I love you, Andre. Please don't be mad at me. He's a guy who does not dig nicknames, and I don't blame him. He has a beautiful name. All right, you guys, uh, yeah, we'll see you. You'll hear us very soon. And, uh, yeah, good night. Good night. <sighs>